0: This morning, I think my message is going to be kind of a continuation of the Sabbath school discussion. <laughs> and I may even find the answer to the question. <laughs> the question was, you know, instead of going all the, the grumbling and complaining about our time and all that's going on, what are we doing about it? What can we do about it? I think we are going to find the answer in this passage this morning. I think we will. And it's about fasting. You're going to oh wow, the message on Fasting. <laughs> Fasting that pleases God. We are going to learn a fasting that pleases God. You know, oftentimes we, we, the Lord speaks to us through a message by someone we hear, or sometimes it's a word that He gives us through the Spirit. But most of the time, how does He speak to us? Right here, through this word. Amen. And music. But as I'm reading, often I will make notes. And this passage, I made a note about it some time ago. It just, it just struck me, fasting that pleases God. And do we not want to please God? Amen. Yes, we do. We want to please God. So, hear the word of the Lord. We're coming from Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 through 14. And this is the New Living Translation this morning. I, I really like the way that it reads. Hear the word of the Lord. Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Do not be timid, timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to me, they come to the temple every day, and seem delighted to learn about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? Imagine asking God that. Why aren't you impressed? Why aren't you impressed with what I'm doing? Well, let me tell you why, right? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why. I respond, it is because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress up in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think that this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting that I want. So that's where I come up with the title. God's going to say, this is what I want. This is a fasting that pleases God. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Oh, there comes Cousin Joe. I'm going to hide from him, right? No. Do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then, so it's like after you do these things, then your salvation will come like the dawn. And your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then will you call, the Lord will answer. Then, when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help. It's kind of like he's repeating this again. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, give you water when you are dry and restore, in restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't, let's capitalize that, don't pursue your own interest in that day. But enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. We were talking about that Wednesday night. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, will, I the Lord, have spoken. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His holy word. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do give You glory and honor and we praise You for You are worthy. Father, we thank You for Your word that guides us. And Father, may Your word just speak to our hearts. Father, what You have for us today, not me, but Father, what You have, May it speak to our hearts today that we might more faithfully serve You. Father, may You be glorified and honored through the Word that is spoken today. Lord, may souls be restored, may hearts be changed, and Lord God, may we live for You the way that You would have us to live. Father, may we fast in a way that would be pleasing to You, Father, for Your glory and for Your honor. In Jesus' glorious name, Amen. You know, there are many reasons, many purposes for fasting, is there not? You know, fasting, part of it is, it's a, it's a discipline, it's self-control. It's a way of expressing our dependence on God. It's a way of drawing closer to God, or drawing our strength from Him. It's a way of totally focusing on God. There's so many ways that we can fast. Now when I started, started, before I began, did you think that that was going to be what fasting was about, what I spoke of? You know there's so many reasons. Back in the Old Testament, you see, they would, they're, they're debating whether they want to go to war. Sometimes, what would they do? They would fast. They would fast to seek an answer for God. Or they pray for guidance or direction. They would fast and pray to couple together, fast and pray. You know, there's a wonderful example in Esther about fasting, and this is for, actually for protection. You've all read the story. Maybe you went to Sight and Sound and saw Esther. Wonderful, wonderful uh, play up at uh, Sight and Sound. So just a little bit of background. In Esther, you're going to read about King Asuras and Queen Vashti. Queen Asuras threw a great celebration. I mean, they celebrated for a week. There was a lot of wine that was drunk by the men, and they were drunk. So near the end of the week, King Ashurst decided that he wanted Queen Vashti to come and he wanted to show her off before all the men that had too much to drink. And she's like, I'm not coming out before you bunch of drunk fools. This is my (laughs) paraphrase. I'm not doing it. I'm not coming out. So she refused the king's command and would not come out. Well, all of his officials, I think it was after they sobered up, Said, you need to do something because all the women of the kingdom now will disobey their husbands and think it's okay, they can get away with it. So, you need to do something. So, they suggested to him, you need to take the queenship away from her. So, he did, and they decided, well, we need to find a new queen. So, of course, they had all the beautiful women of the kingdom come. Well, you know the story Esther. She was a Jew, she was one of them. You know that she was the one that was chosen to be queen. And you know the story about wicked Haman. He decided he wanted to destroy all the Jews because Mordecai would not bow down to him. So he's going to destroy all the Jews. Well, Mordecai says to Esther, you need to go before the king on behalf of your people. Why? I can't. I can't do that. Because you cannot just go in uninvited because you will die. He says, don't think you'll be excluded whenever they kill all the Jews. So she says this in Esther 4 verses 15 and 16. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews who are present in Sushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. My friends, this is a great thing that she needed to do. And they said, let's fast. Let's fast and pray. Let's seek God's help here. So it's seeking God's help is really what we're seeking in that passage here. Fasting is a way of showing that we are earnest in our quest, in our desires. Fasting is often during a time of great sorrow or during a time of deep repentance for either for ourselves or for our community. It can be a time of great repentance. To acknowledge our failure before God, and to seek His mercy, and we know—I know there's another great example I'm going to share with you in Jonah. You know the story there. The city of Nineveh was a evil, wicked city, and God called Jonah said, "I want you to go and preach to Nineveh, tell them I'm going to destroy them unless they repent." And you know what Jonah did? He ran the other way because he didn't want God's. He didn't want Nineveh to receive God's mercy. He wanted God to destroy them. So I'm going to run. Of course, you know, I'm going to bring this, make this long story short. A great fish swallowed him up. He says, no, you are going to Nineveh. You are going. So he went. In Jonah 3, verses 4 through 9. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet forty days... And Nineveh shall be overthrown. Of course we know that's what Jonah was hoping for. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word of the king of Nineveh, then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And He caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by a decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil ways and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from His fierce anger so that we may not perish?" so that we may not perish even the king said, let's fast let's fast let's that's a fast of repentance let's turn from our wickedness i know that we we often think that fasting is only about food let's turn away from food but you know there's many other things that we can fast that we can turn from you know it, it could be music it could be an activity we do it could be something that just brings us comfort we know we know we like our comfort, right? Our creature comfort. Well, maybe it's turning from whatever that thing is that gives us comfort and having an experience a little bit of discomfort to draw closer to God. It's a way of telling God that you want to make Him priority. I'm willing to experience this, to suffer this, to sacrifice this thing in order to draw closer to you to repent, or to hear what you want me to do on this occasion. Let's cry to God mightily for our nation. What are we going to do? Are we going to grumble and complain about the times that we are in? Let's fast. Let's cry to God for our nation. Fasting is to be a sacrifice. Proper fasting will cost you something. And yes, it may cause discomfort, great discomfort. Our passage in Isaiah made it very clear that Israel had once again sinned against God. I came up with an acronym to define their sin problem, SAP, S-A-P. S stands for seems, as in it seemed, they seem to delight to learn about God. They only seemed to. They didn't really want to. A is act. They acted like a righteous nation, but yet they were not. And P is pretend. They pretended that they wanted to be near God. They were a bunch of good actors, weren't they? I mean, we know what an actor is. It's someone that pretends to be someone that they aren't. They were good actors. The Lord instructed Isaiah, Do not be timid, but shout. Shout with a trumpet blast when confronting them about their sins. I believe He had to shout to get their attention. Maybe there needs to be a little shouting in our nation to get our nation's attention for God. Not the shout to, about how we stand on this or that, but shout that we might hear about our sins and turn to God. Get our attention. They thought they were doing the right things. They thought they were in right standing with God. And that message was not just for the religious leaders. It was for the entire nation. He said, tell my people Israel. Not just the scribes and the Pharisees or the Levites. Tell my people Israel of their sins. They acted all holy. They acted like they were devoted to God. They seemed to delight in His learning. But the truth is, they did not. They did not. I wonder how the Lord would respond to our nation today. Would He say that we act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of God? Or would He say America has become so wicked that they don't even act like it anymore? They don't even act like a righteous nation anymore. They blatantly and openly turn against God's laws and His ways. God God called Israel out for pretending. Jesus had a name for people who wanted to appear to be righteous but really weren't. It was whitewashed tombs is what He called them. In Matthew 23, 28, it says, "...Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautifully outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all unrighteous, uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness." Whitewash... Everyone know what that is? It's a type of paint made from slake, lime, or chalk. When I was but a young little fellow, lived on a dairy farm, the inside of the dairy barn, it was, it's a huge barn. You could hold 50 head of cattle in there at one time. But around the outside, the, the walls were whitewashed on the inside. So as you can imagine, when you have 100 cows that are in and out of that barn twice a day, for those that don't know, cows need milk twice a day, 24-7. You don't get a day off. So, but you got cows in and out of that barn every day, and with cows you have flies, and you got filth, and you got dirt, and the cows come in, they go into their stanchions, and then you feed them. So you feed them and milk them all at the same time. So, so you're up front, you got bales of hay, and you're, you know, you're feeding the cows. So the walls were whitewashed, and you know, boy, it, when you've just freshly whitewashed them, they look so pretty and white and clean. But think about what I just said it's made of, slack, lime, and chalk, or chalk. I mean, you brush against a whitewashed wall. I'd have a white sleeve right now if I just did that to a whitewashed wall, because it rubs off. So it needs to be redone. So, but what it does, it covers a lot of ugly, Right? I should have just started with that at the beginning, right? Made it short. It covers a lot of ugly. Today, maybe we would call them a vinyl siding, because we can use vinyl siding to cover a lot of ugly on a house, right? But underneath, it's still ugly. But that's what this whitewash was. Inside, they were ugly. They looked good on the outside. But it doesn't last very long. In the Bible times, dishonest builders, to save money and time they would stack bricks with no mortar. And then they would whitewash it to make it look good on the outside. But without the mortar, it had no real strength. Inside, the dead men bones, right? Or dead men. So under that facade, they were bad, really bad. And that's what whitewashed is. Underneath, they were rotten. The people in Israel were faithful to put on their sackcloth, to rub ashes all over the faces, to endure that bodily affliction that came with their tradition. My friends, that's the problem. It was all about tradition. They had the appearance of godliness, but inside, they were dead. They only did these things out of tradition... They only did these things to try to convince people they were holy. But they were not. The Lord said, This is the kind of fasting that will please me. Free those who are wrongfully imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to those that are homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Do not hide from relatives that need your help. So yes, it can cost you. It can cost you a little discomfort if you have to bring someone into your home to keep them. It's going to cost you the expense of keeping them, the expense of your privacy. But that's what he says. That's what fasting is. It pleases him. Give food to those who need it. Yes, that's going to cost you too. It's a sacrifice. It's supposed to be. That's what fasting is. Jesus taught them this same thing that Isaiah taught them. In Matthew 25, 31-40, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on His throne of, throne of His glory. All nations, my friends, not just Israel, all nations will be gathered before Him And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Sounds like a lot of things from Isaiah, right? Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to me. My friends, that is still the kind of fasting that pleases God. There's the answer to, what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? Let's fast in a way that pleases God. Let's feed the hungry. Visit the sick. Take in those that may need shelter. Help those who are in need. Are we fasting? It's something that's rarely heard of today anymore, isn't it? Are we, as a church, I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about the church, the church, God's church. Are we fasting? Probably not like we should be. Maybe that's the answer to a lot of the problems around us today. A lot of the things that we are grumbling about. Are we fasting? Are we loving those that God puts in our place? Those that need our help. Are we willing to sacrifice? To share God's love? What did Jesus say? We're doing it unto Him when we help those that need our help. Maybe our prayer needs to begin with create a... Clean heart in me, O oh God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. That's where it begins, right here. With me. We can all say that. It begins with me. So let's stop grumbling. Let's start fasting and praying. And doing, following that with doing unto others. Amen.